0: When I gave Sherry that stuff, and I just guess if here it is figured out, and I'll preach it when we get back. Right? Well, I do appreciate uh, Brother Jim filling my pulpit last week. Um, I know you were blessed by him. You finally got some um, some spiritual food handed down to you, and so I'm thankful for that, brother. And we're excited to start a series today called "Made for More." When we think about the life that we're living, when we think about all that God has given us and all that God has provided for our culture and our our people, it, it becomes easy for us to get where we desire more of the wrong thing. Have you ever heard the saying, too much of something can be a bad thing? Like when we start thinking in, in things like that, it's easy for us to kind of see where we where gluttony can come in and we can go the wrong way. But for some of us, it's, it's, it gets difficult and we start kind of blurring some lines because most of us, if I said like too much chocolate can be a bad thing, you're like, at what point is chocolate bad, right? Like in my book, I've always, you know, at Easter and Valentine's Day and, and Halloween, they, they come out with all these fun size things and and it's like a candy bar that you think about for a second, right? They're that big. You give me a Reese's cup like this, I can have fun with that. Like, that's fun size, right? We we can get together on something like that, and that's, you know, I I go to Cracker Barrel, and they've got now one pound of Reese's cups. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Now now we're having fun, right? When we start thinking about being made for more, we're not talking about what I— what pastors and preachers have a tendency to do here is is start on this health and wealth business which which is very popular in our culture and it's it's the idea that God wants you to be healthy and that God wants you to be wealthy and God wants everything you want but the only problem there is is that the apostle Paul didn't have hardly anything Jesus died without owning a tomb right and then when your health goes south because these bodies are frail and and close to failure and if you you don't believe the closer I get to 30 like I'm listening to some of these older guys now they're like you just wait and I'm like I don't know that I can like my knees start to hurt and I wake up my back hurts and I'm like I don't even know why I have back pain like I'm, I'm supposed to be young and in the prime of my life and yet here we here we, we're we're bodies are deteriorating so if you're gonna buy into that health and wealth business you you really need to know how you're going to defend that when when you lose your job and how you're going to defend that when when you have a heart attack how you're going to defend that when your health goes south and when the market collapses If, if you put your faith in that kind of thing then you're going to be disappointed because God's never called you to be healthy or wealthy he's called you to be faithful And so as we think about today that we're made for more, I don't want you to run to that place where where God wants you to have this great bank account and nice house. I want you to run to a place where you say, God wants to use me more than I'm giving him the authority to do right now. God wants to use me in ways and God wants to do more through you than you've ever imagined. Like, I, I feel like when we get to heaven, one of the conversations that we have with God, because remember, when we get to glory, all of our sin will be cast as far as east is from the west. So, so as a believer, as someone who has been redeemed by Jesus, when you stand before the Lord on, on that day and we stand there, what we will be talking with him about is not our sin, but rather what we deal with what God has blessed us with. And I can promise you, God is wanting way more out of you. God has gifted you way more than what we're utilizing. We we are just at the the smallest piece of the pie of what God has given us and what God has blessed us with. God wants us to be game changers. Jesus meant it when he said, I've given you all the authority on heaven and earth. You go make disciples and change your world. He meant it. He said, I've given you power. He said, you will do greater Things than even I. The man that raised Lazarus from the dead, the man that turned water into wine, the man that told the wind to shh, and it went shh, the man that did all of these things, cast out demons, raised dead to life several times, even resurrected himself, says you will do greater works than even I. When we think in light of that, it must take us to a place where we realize that we are made for more. This ordinary life that we're living in the church age, this ordinary life that we're living in the gospel, we're we're, we're not arrived. You showing up to church today is not the pinnacle of your faith. If it is, it's a depressing faith. God's called you for more than just church attendance He's called you more than just to be a member of something. He's invited you in. According to 1 Corinthians, He's invited you into the ministry of reconciliation. Look at your neighbor and say, You were invited in. Isn't it good to have an invitation? Turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is a great text that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he he comes off of a passage where he's talking about weddings, and he's talking about marriage, and and he's talking about all of these things and how we we abide in our spouse, and he's going from there. and, And so he transitions, it's a hard transition to here, and he wants us to live as we are called. So if you found your place in the Word of God, read along with me. It says... Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, to which God has called him. There is, this is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not to seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts ...for anything, nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Where you are a bondservant when called, do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free is called, is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become a bondservant to men. So brothers, in whatever condition you were called, therefore let him remain with God. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your scripture, that it would find a resting place and a fertile soul to grow in our minds and in our hearts and in our soul. We consecrate ourselves to you in the name of Christ. Amen. We're made for more. The, the apostle Paul starts and he, he wants us to realize that we're, we're made for more. He tells us that, that we are called, that God has called you. If you have come to accept Christ, it's not out of anything that you did, but rather God called you to salvation. You didn't know you were lost without the Holy Spirit piercing your heart, and saying that you need a Redeemer, you need a Savior. We're not even smart enough on our own to say, I'm lost, somebody come help me. It's only when God begins to work in your life, it's only when God begins to call you, and God is pursuing you, and God desires you, that you can see His graciousness versus your depravity, and you can't help but see the gloriousness of Jesus. What Christ has done for you in salvation is the greatest thing anyone has ever offered you. When we start thinking about called, I, I see people that cringe. Because among Southern Baptists, there's this great debate over, are you free to accept Christ or have you been predestined and all of this? And we can get into an Armenian Calvinism debate and you guys would be bored sick and you would be desiring for me to stop talking so you could leave. Um, let me just give you a quick quick synopsis of of what we believe here and let you kind of mull on that for the week we believe god's design for every man is to come to know christ when when the bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord now again i grew up in jefferson county but it was awful close to blunt county and we were right there in the corner of walker county so i got a whole lot of bad influence on me you know what i'm saying but in Corner Alabama, when you say whosoever, and you say words like, for anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, you haven't, you haven't singled out anybody. The invitation from Jesus, from the cross, was that you come follow me. We can all come to faith, but, but we won't come until the Holy Spirit starts pursuing us. For many of us, that happened at different stages of life. Some of you, you were seven years old at a VBS and Christ pierced your heart and started calling you to salvation and you walked down the aisle. Some of you were a little bit more stubborn. And it took you some more calling. Some of you were real stubborn and you were in your 50s and in your 60s. And we, we've seen people in the last year in their 70s that have come accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. We, we've seen that, that it, it, God's calling, it doesn't always happen at the same time, but God's call for everyone is that they would come to saving faith in Christ. He says you were called in. If you're called, live like you're called. Live like You're called. It's easy for us to to try to, in life, keep up with the Joneses. We don't need to worry about trying to keep up with the Joneses. We need to live the life that God's given us to live. You need to live the life that God's given you. Live the life that God's given you. God has blessed you. If you woke up breathing today, my friend, you have purpose. You have purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, I have purpose. Some of you need to know that, that you're not just living. You're not just an organism that will die and perish one day, although you, you probably will, but, but you're given this life for a purpose. You have purpose. You're not just some ordinary thing walking through existence, but God has gifted you. God has called you. God has specifically called your name. Isn't that crazy? God of the universe, God of glory. God of heaven and earth, the one who spoke in existence, said, I want you. Nobody else is calling that. No other religious thing is saying that, that all creator God, all majesty God, all perfect God, desires little old you. Well, that should give us the desire of King David in Psalms when we look at this whole thing and go, who am I that the Lord of all creation cares to know who I am. Who am I? I'm a mess. Anybody else in here a mess today we have in church? What are we doing? I'm a mess. And God of creation says, I want you. Now, I live the life that God has given me. That means I may never be a millionaire. I'm okay with that. I may never have the best house in the community. I may never have the newest truck. I may never get that bass boat I've been eyeing. I may never get them wave runners, that lake house, that condo. I may never have the best. But I've got King Eternal on my side. I've got Yahweh God, the one who split water and let the the Israelites walk through, escaping the Egyptians. I've got Yahweh God who fed the Israelites with manna from heaven. He's on my side. I, I may not have the best, but I will one day. I may not have the best... But I will one day. And if it's not on this earth, that's okay because that's not the life that God's given me to live. We, I hear people, you know, why did not God bless me like that? You ever thought that it's maybe because you couldn't handle it? You ever seen that, that TV show that comes on, The Lottery Ruined My Life? You ever seen that stuff? You ought to watch more TV. There's a, a documentary out. It says The Lottery Ruined My Life. You can Google it. and it, It's a, a TV show about people who were playing the lottery and they won and overnight they went from um, poverty or below to multimillionaires. the suicide rate of lottery winners is out of this world the suicide rate of lottery winners is out of the world the bankruptcy rate of lottery winners is also out of this world because people like me you don't write me a check for 250 I can't, I won't take it I've seen what it does to people And we're always like, that wouldn't happen to me. They all said that. Every one of them. I I can manage it better. Yeah, you think you can. Maybe you weren't built for it. Maybe you weren't designed for it. Maybe God didn't give you that gift because he knew you couldn't handle it. That's why when I sing, it doesn't sound like Alan Jackson. Because I couldn't handle it. Like If I could sing and have that voice that people stop and listen to, I wouldn't be preaching, Right? I couldn't handle it, so God didn't call me that. He didn't equip me. He gave me this life to live, and I live it, glorifying Jesus with all that I have. We live the life that God's given us because God called us for a specific reason. We don't long for what other people have. We don't keep up with the Joneses. It doesn't matter what they have. We enjoy what the Lord has blessed us with. Anybody day riding a car on the way to church today? Y'all wait. Anybody ride in a car on the way to church today? Okay. I, I didn't know if it was either. If you rode in a vehicle on your way to church today, you're among the 2% of the richest people around the globe. You're blessed. We're sitting in a room with air conditioning and lighting and sound equipment. We all have clothes on. We're blessed people. God has blessed us. We, we have more than we want. We build houses with storage in them. You go down to Ethiopia and tell them I need a house with storage. For what? For all my junk that I don't use. They don't know what that is. We enjoy what the Lord has blessed us We Don't worry about the rest of it. It's all feeble and it will all fail you. Live the life that God's given you. Live as if you have been called. I say this, this has become a new thing. I've said it often over the last couple of weeks. Make the big thing the big thing. Make the big thing the big thing. We live life with so many things coming at us. We live life with so much, we're, we're in information overload, we're in hobby overload, we, we can't imagine life without all of the things that we have, and, and we make mountains out of molehills. We look at our little problems, and we look at any little conflict, and we escalate it, we'll, we'll fan it, and, and before you know it, you've missed what the Lord was trying to do in your life. You'll miss, it. I am sitting. I sit in meetings and, and, and people are telling me their, their life story and I, and I always kind of come back to the same question, what are you doing with Jesus and, and how are you living in line with the gospel? And, and they go, well, well, we're not really doing that. Well, you quit making the big thing the big thing. When you live for your checking account, when you live for prosperity or notoriety, when you live so that people know your name you will fail. We make the big thing, the big thing. What the apostle Paul is calling the church in Corinth to be of when he when he starts talking about the let the uncircumcised remain uncircumcised or let the circumcised remain circumcised. Let them not want what the other has. He's talking about Jewish law when when in order to convert from from a Gentile to Judaism, you had to be circumcised, which was a Painful experience for a male to walk through. He says, don't long for what the other has. He says, don't don't worry about the small minute details that don't matter. He says, Christ has set you free from that. He set you free from that bondage. He set you free from all that. He says, make the big thing the big thing that Christ has come to redeem you. And that's enough. We make the big thing the big thing. Every decision we make should be rooted in. And how is this going to progress the gospel? When was the last time you bought a car and you asked yourself, how is this car going to progress the gospel? When you go to buy a house, how is this house going to progress the gospel? When you put your tithe check in the offering plate, how is this money going to progress the gospel? Everything that we do, we should weigh. And I promise you, your spending would change. If you live a life making the big thing, the big thing, your spending habits will change. Because when you catch the importance of of missions and you, you catch the importance of spreading the gospel and the fact that that costs money, it will change how we operate, even as a church. We make the big thing the big thing, but we remain faithful in that. The call for the Apostle Paul in Corinth, he's he's telling them, remain as you were. Remain faithful. Remember when you were called. Remember when you were transformed by the gospel of Jesus. He says, remain there. Remain faithful. This is a race, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. And in the marathon, there's going to be hills. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficult times. Any believer today want to testify, sometimes it gets difficult, Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it gets difficult. Sometimes bills come that you can't pay. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to get through tomorrow. But what the apostle Paul is calling the church in Corinth, who is facing mass persecution because of their faith, he is telling them, remain faithful. In the moment when you can't see the other side, remain faithful faithful. In the moment when you ain't got enough strength, in the moment where you don't have enough energy, in the moment when you're incapable, in the moment that you're not able, remain faithful because God is. Some of you need to remember today that God is. He is. God's way bigger and way stronger. Boy, some of us got a small view of God. I a little God creating this world Ain't no little God dying on a cross for you, my friend. He was a great, big, powerful God, and he is. We remain faithful. But then the Apostle Paul changes the the direction here, and he says, we also want you to remain free. We want you to remain free. He says, says, don't go back. When when he finishes that section on on being circumcised or not, he he tells, remain free. For a bondservant is a freed man and the Lord. Likewise, he who was free is called a bondservant. Remain free. He says, don't go back to men to be shackled. Don't go back to men to be rechained. When we start thinking about remaining free, we must adhere to what what the gospel writer John said in the the letter of of 1 John when when he tells them, I'm writing you these things that you don't sin anymore. Remain free from sin. Remain free from sin. As a believer, we remain free from sin. We know the weight of sin. The weight of sin is death. The weight of sin is, all, the weight of sin is, is not, nothing sinful is going to be good for you long term. It may, it may shine and shimmer, but it will always fail you. It says remain free from sin. Don't let sin be mentioned among you. Then he says remain free from debt. Don't owe men anything. You know debt can be sinful? We live in a day now where it's easier to get a credit card than it is do anything. Well, I, Anybody get I get six or seven in the mail a day. Hey, fill out ours. And then uh, you got See, I got in trouble when I was in high school. I don't know that I've ever told you this story. it be a brand new one. When I was in high school, I got a credit card. I turned 18, and like the day I turned 18, pff, Capital One wrote me a credit card. I'm like, well, yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you. I'm super responsible, as every 18-year-old is. So I get a credit card. Of course, I did like you did. I'm like, emergencies only. But when you're 18, what you justify as an emergency is a little loose, right? Oh, I'm hungry. A steak is an emergency, right? <laughs> All right. Hey, did you see, did you see that sale that they had on them shoes? Well, I could use a new pair of shoes. Mine looked a little flat. That's an emergency. Then that bill rolls in. And you're like, whoa. I had a lot of emergencies this month. That Chick-fil-A. Had a lot of emergencies at Chick-fil-A. Holy chicken healed me though. As that credit card came and I realized I ain't got that much money. But then they get you. They're like, you know what? You don't have to pay that whole thing. Pay $20 and you're good to roll for another month. Come on. I ain't gotta pay. I owe you three fifty, but you'll take twenty five. Greatest day ever. And then the next month rolls around, and then you realize you paid interest. And I'm like, so wait, I'm, I'm now, and it's like twenty two percent, and you're like, Phew. and so then I get another credit card application in the mail that says you can transfer your balance at zero percent, and I'm like, what is this magic? Before I knew it, I was in debt, a debt I couldn't pay. I was working like crazy to pay off money I had already spent. I was strapped. It put pressure. And it took me almost a year to pay off what I spent in two weeks. You do not need debt in your life. I know, I know what you're saying. Well, You've you got to buy a house. Yeah, and, and, and we'll let you slide there because you probably don't have the cash to go buy a house these days. But you also don't have to spend, right now the average American is $8,000 in credit card debt. When the Apostle Paul is re- calling us to remain free, there's a reason. What if God picked you up and said, you know what, I need you to go to the mission field. There's people down in Africa who need to hear about the gospel. But you're so strapped to debt, you can't do anything. You can't quit your job. You can't be free to go serve. You can't do any of that because you're not able, because you have now fallen into the temptation of debt. If, if Satan can get you bound to debt, he has you. There's a reason the Bible calls us. We don't owe people things. We, don't owe, we, we live in our means. We live what God has given us. We don't long and, and we don't just slide a credit card and think we're going to be fine you're in debt, I'm not bashing you, but we should strive to be free of that. As people of faith, we should strive to be free, not living by the constraints of man, but to be free from all of that. We also should be free of addiction. We also should be free of addiction. And before you go to the big ones, like we all do, like when we think of addiction, we think alcohol drug, maybe some tobacco, that kind of thing, we can be addicted to a lot of things. We can be addicted to a lot of things. Pain pills, pornography, food. We can very quickly lose ourself and be chained to something that the Bible is calling us to be free from. The Bible doesn't want us strapped down and having a, we need a fix of something, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or even food. We eat to survive. Now, in the South, that's different because we want to eat for fun. We eat because we need nourishment to keep going. When we get past that, when we go sit down at a buffet and they tell us we can't eat anymore because we've crushed their buffet, you've probably eaten too much. We don't get addicted to those things, but we remain free so that we can be vigilant in our serving. You are made for more. And as the Apostle Paul finishes this section, he, he wants us to remember that you were bought. Remember you were bought. Christ paid your debt. You may have a small view of yourself today. You may have a small view of yourself. Most of us don't. Most of us have an overinflated view of ourselves. But I do know that there are several people who struggle with their image. They struggle with who they are. They struggle with what their purpose is. You will find your purpose when you reconcile the reality that Jesus paid for your sins and has called you to be His. God wants you today. God wants you. Not some better version of you. He's not saying, clean your life up and come to me later because you never will. You never will. I meet so many people that say, you know, when I, when I get my life together, I'm going to start coming to church. What is that about? That's like saying when I get skinny, I'm going to start working out at the gym. That's silly. We come to Christ realizing we are unable. We're not capable. We can't do it on our own. We're weak. We're feeble-minded. We're close to sin. But Christ has called us to come to him because he's bought our sin debt. Today, do you know that Jesus? Have you come today releasing the authority of your life and allowing Christ to take hold? Is Jesus Lord of your life? Is is He the author and the finisher of your faith? If this world was over today, do you know for sure that you will go with Jesus to glory? If not, Don't go home today miserable. Don't go home today longing for something else. Dads, there's no better day to get saved than Father's Day. Scripture tells us that today is the day of salvation. That God has let you live today for a purpose. For some of you, it may be repentance. For some of you today, it may be salvation. For some of you today, it may be joining our church. It may be surrendering to ministry. It may be going to a mission field that you never thought you would, but God's called you. Whatever we need to do today, we're going to give you a time of invitation to reconcile that. Let's pray. Father, I pray over the people of this church as they have heard your word. And I, and I pray that I've done well rightly dividing the word of the Lord. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would be so evident in this place that those who need you today would come and they they would receive what you're calling them, if it's salvation, if it's church membership, if it's ministry, whatever it is. Father, if it's, it's forgiveness from a brother in the room, God, whatever you're calling today, that they would be faithful in doing exactly what you've placed on their heart. Lord, we trust you today to do what you desire. It's in the name of Jesus we ask. And all God's people said, Amen. Will you stand and sing with us this morning?